Hello, friends, and welcome to 1,000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark, and uh, I hope that you're doing well this week. There are a couple of things I want to mention real quick. One is that my friend Lancia Smith runs a quarterly online magazine called The Cultivating Project, and the winter issue is up right now, just a little while before the spring issue comes out. Uh, There are so many amazing writers that I admire who contribute each quarter. Um, Malcolm Geit, Amy Lee, Chris Camille, Sarah Clarkson, Lanier Ivester, who's speaking at Cofferstow this summer. I'm really honored to be a part of that group. And there, there are several more. The point is everybody is contributing like really excellent stuff. It's a, it's a carefully tended resource for finding good, true and beautiful essays and poetry and practices and prayers, even recipes. Uh, it's really great. So you can check that out at thecultivatingproject.com. Second thing is, Cofferstow registration is open. Uh, this is going to be an amazing retreat weekend. I, I believe so deeply that the arts are a real way to participate in God's life, and that the call to be creative includes every human and saturates every human activity. So you might be saying, oh, that sounds cool, but like I'm not an artist. But this retreat is for you. The arts are a gift from God that remind us what it means to be human persons created in God's image. Plus, it's just going to be super fun, <laughs> and it's going to be restful. We've got some of my favorite singer-songwriters lined up, uh, one of my favorite writers and speakers, Lanier Ivester, will be there, like I've said. And this week, we added Anna Handelsman, who is a professional dance artist. I just spoke with her on the phone today. She's got some really cool stuff planned. So uh, visit cofferstow.com and grab your ticket. We are cooking up some really special stuff for that weekend. And, and we're also just praying that the Lord will help all of us to see what he is up to in the world and discover new creative ways that he's calling us to be a part of what he's doing, Um, to live in his love and to live his love out. Um, Lastly, uh, next week's episode will be a special Cofferstow podcast. Uh, I'm going to share one of the talks from 2016's Cofferstow Retreat. That was given by singer-songwriter Krista Wells. Uh, It was called Imagination, Seeing the Far Side of the Mountain. It's never been published online, so I'm really excited for you to hear that. It's going to be really special. Um, Okay, so this week, at the suggestion of my brother Sam, I'm sharing a piece about how the word obedience um, went from being kind of a like a bad word in my imagination and how it became a beautiful word. I'm taking a coffee break. You want me to make you some? My brother Sam asked. Definitely, I replied. Today is a three-cup day. We sat at the round mahogany table that my granddad made. 
This is where Sam and I sit for our two o'clock coffee break most days. We both work from home, and we stop here for meals and conversation. We check in. What are you working on today? How is such and such coming along? We bounce ideas around and just let the conversation drift. When I get excited about something I've read, Sam is patient to let me ramble about it. Sam talks through dreams that he'll shape into clay characters when he goes back to work. Here we remain, working together. We don't do the same things. We work in different rooms and different materials, music, and clay. All the same, we work together. If you ever visit the house, you'll be greeted by Sam's grinning company of coffee trolls and dragons that read bedtime stories to little boys and girls perched upon their backs or tails. And there's always a guitar at hand, usually a song on standby. This week I've been struggling again to write. I wrote half the day yesterday and deleted every word in the end. When today's coffee break was over, I complained to Sam that I had nothing to write about for the podcast. What should I write about, Sam? And he said, Well, you know how some really good words have gotten a bad feeling attached to them? Like obedience, for instance. I do know, actually. I know because I used to feel like obedience was a bad word. Here's what the word felt like to me for most of my life. I would see a stranger growling out orders. We're not on the same team. The strange, loud commander would point off in the distance where I would be sent to perform some arbitrary task. It would be a task that made no sense to me, that I cared nothing about, and that I would inevitably make a fool of myself failing to do well. Then, I'd slump back to the commander to be evaluated and sent out to perform more tasks. Obedience was a word that signaled isolation and embarrassment. I knew I was supposed to obey, but I couldn't find any way in my imagination for obedience and joy to cohere. So the liturgical prayer that lodged in my memory from church growing up, free us for joyful obedience, was memorable for all the wrong reasons. It was stuck in my mind because it seemed like a non sequitur. I couldn't make sense of it. How in the world could you plant isolation and embarrassment in the ground and joy be the fruit? For years I took it on faith that there just must be something I was missing. I was willing to entertain the possibility that the ancient tradition of attaching joy to obedience held a truth about life that I didn't yet know. As I've gotten older, I've found that it's pretty much always true that when some long-standing teaching of Christianity doesn't make sense to me, it's an invitation to investigate and discover some harmony my ears hadn't known to listen for. Maybe the seeming non-sequitur was really a forgotten interval with astonishing overtones. So what made the change? 
Well, it was a passage I'd read and heard many times. The Gospel of John, chapter 15. The Vine and the Branches. Here's how it starts. Jesus says, I'm the true vine. My Father is the gardener. He takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me. He prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit. You are clean already because of the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I will abide in you. Just like the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. Gardens and fruit and a lot of talk about abiding. Whatever abiding means, it means to be close to someone, like living in the same house. There's more than proximity. There's literal, ongoing physical contact. Branches aren't just near a vine. They're touching it. This is about being lovingly bonded to another person. Jesus goes on. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me, and I in him, bears much fruit, because apart from me you can accomplish nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown out like a branch and dries up. And such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and are burned up. So, there's a kind of transfusion of life going on here. The sap is being intravenously fed to the branches that would otherwise be withering apart from the vine. So far, so good. But it was really the next part that dislodged um, my sad associations with the word obedience. Jesus says, Just like the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just like I have obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in His love. Okay, let me stop here. So far we've got abide or remain, right? How do we abide? By obeying. Obeying what? Jesus' commandments. Okay, what comes next? Jesus says, I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete Well, there's my old hang-up. Jesus says this is all about joy. Abiding leads to obeying, leads to commands, which lead to joy? So what's the command? My commandment is this, to love one another just like I've loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you slaves because a slave doesn't understand what his master is doing. But I've called you friends because I have revealed to you everything I heard from my father. Wait, so obedience is about friendship? And abiding is just something the father and the son do? And now we've been elevated from slaves outside of their family business to friends and children who are participating in it? I had always thought obedience meant to be sent away from God. Jesus says no. It's to be bonded to Him. I had always thought obedience was to be told to go over there, 
and do some random task. Jesus says no. It's to be invited over here to do with God what he's already doing. I thought obedience was something slaves had to do for slave drivers. Jesus says no. It's something friends do together for one another. I had thought it was a trap set to embarrass me. And Jesus says, no, you're already clean. Obedience is when you have a place in a family where you bring your gifts to bear. It turns out joy and obedience do belong together because obedience is ultimately about being together with the one who died for his friends. One who invites any and all to come live with him to join the family business. Obedience is to be made a real participant in the beautiful life of God, to go where he goes, to do with him what he's already doing. When we pray, Lord, I want to be with you where you are, we're talking about obedience. We're talking about friendship, family, and cultivating a fruitful garden together. And gardens lead to tables set with feasts, don't they? Yes. Friends, we're talking about joy. I'll close this week with a single sentence. The sentence that once seemed like it was impossibly attempting to bind two things that I could not imagine dwelling together in the same household, but have since been reconciled and made one. Here's the sentence. Here's the closing prayer. Free us for joyful obedience. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Um, Please visit thecultivatingproject.com. And I hope you'll register and join us for Cofferstow over at cofferstow.com. It's going to be a super fun weekend. You should be there. Uh, Also, if you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. And I think that's all. Thanks again. And I will see you next week.